practicing my talent for Miss Sun Queen contest. I think I gotta win. This is podcast 195. We're getting close to 200. And the music you just heard was the um, musical accompaniment to Bridget Fonda's dance routine in the 1980 movie Shag. And this is actually a pretense because the movie Shag simply reflects a problem for uh, thought that is so powerfully and wonderfully um, assimilated and um, engaged and healed through the very profound heart of the Christian religion, through what Christ actually performed and did and spoke. And I decided to call it Shag the Movie because at the beginning of Shag in the credits, you see a Confederate flag. And also in a rather sleazy and delightfully lurid dance number by someone else in the movie, less um, virginal by far, and um, as you knew like than Bridget Fonda, you see strong reference to the Confederate flag. And so this gave me a chance to talk about the controversy in relationship to the Confederate flag but to try to offer a, a positive and, a, I think, alternative solution than the one that I see literally everywhere. And that is, how do you deal with a group or a thing or an object or an event that is distasteful and distressing to you? That is the real issue here. It's not about the ideology of North and South or Confederate versus U.S. That's not what this is all about in any way, shape, or form. This briefcast is an attempt to engage with the question, how do you deal with a negative entity in such a way that you disarm and uh, bring uh, to a finish its negating, distressing um, effect that it has on you? Now, um, in the current uh, world, the way you deal with a negative or distressing entity is you delete it, you destroy it, you um, take away all representations of it or symbols of it or appearances of it in the hopes that by doing so you'll destroy the distress you feel on account of it. And that is um, wholly contrary and uh, to the, um, uh, I think, far profounder and more effective, and in fact, there's no contest in terms of its effect, strategy that uh, grace and mercy have always um, instantiated vis-a-vis -vis negative um, input. Now, uh, let me express how this goes. It's summed up, as I uh, said uh, in one of my books, I think it was Grace in Practice, but I've referred to this before, in the opening scene, or the almost opening scene, of John Ford's classic from the early 1930s entitled The Prisoner of Shark Island, the story of Dr. Mudd. And I won't go into that, but at the beginning of the movie, uh, Lincoln, who's tired and exhausted, and I think uh, in a chair, almost a wheelchair in effect, the um, uh, triumphant citizens of Washington come before the White House and they have a great uh, bonfire and they're sort of burning Johnny Reb in the fire and uh, it's sort of Ulster uh, in its feeling. And um, President Lincoln stops the proceedings and says, you know, um, the band is there, the U.S. Army band. And uh, Lincoln says, you know, I think tonight... I think it's right after the surrendered Appomattox. I think tonight, says Lincoln, I should like to hear a song for which I have a great deal of fondness. 
would you strike up the band and play Dixie? Now, of course, that um, expression of, uh, we could say forgiveness, we could say assimilation, uh, recognition, kindness, consideration, um, an olive branch to the defeated enemy, there is something so good about that. And, of course, you can see why uh, Reconstructionists just hated him and, and why he, he, of course, he was shot by a, 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 a Southern sympathizer, aggrieved and bitter, uh, but he might as well have been so by all his cabinet after, in the immediate aftermath, who sensed that his uh, attitude towards the defeated South was not one of revenge but was a, one of reconciliation. You have that a little bit in General Grant's terms to the Army of Northern Virginia when he allowed them to take home their fouling guns, that is to say their personal rifles, um, to uh, provide for their families and food for their journey and for their children when they got back. An element of mercy that is so touching. And the reason um, the windows uh, are in a famous uh, ecclesiastical institution is essentially a kind of format of forgiveness. They are there to acknowledge the uh, powerful, albeit defeated, um, Christian character of Robert E. Lee, and there's no question about that. You can't deny it. Whatever his earlier life, his um, which was uh, under the circumstances of the time, highly honorable and chivalric, but at the end of his life, there's a, a touching and profound quality of uh, acquiescence that is important. Similarly, Stonewall Jackson, who uh, was entirely non-ideological, he, he was a, a deep deep Huguenot type in the middle of the army there and um, strong uh, Scotch-Irish uh, background, I believe. And um, to see these good men who were not, in fact, warlike by temperament and who were, in fact, ironic characters, and they should be treated ironically if their contribution is to be understood, and also the negatives about slaveholding, for example. No one is denying that. No one is denying that for a moment. But the question here is not the thing itself, it's the tool by which reconciliation and assimilation can be accomplished. And this is really a, a truth of life, and it's a truth that I feel uh, almost completely escapes the public so-called conversation in um, the sources that you read about and the voices you hear. The Christian understanding of the assimilation of negativity by means of forgiveness and grace, by which the negativity is in fact... Um, uh, detoxed and uh, denazified, you might say, and uh, the poison is drained away without the patient uh, dying, is something that you hear too little of. And you heard it in Ford's uh, movie. You see it to some extent in his film, all his films, all his films, especially in uh, Judge Priest and The Sunshine's Bright, certainly the parade at the end of those two movies. But um, I wanted to actually ask you to think about it yourself in your own private life. How do we, you might say, know that this is true, this principle of the assimilation of negativity, not by destruction or whiting it out and uh, pretending it doesn't exist or simply um, uh, deleting all references to it that we might happen to see on a given day or driving through a, a town near Vicksburg or, for that matter, in Kentucky, uh, 
how, how, how do you actually deal with a negative entity in your own private life? I mean, slavery in the American history, the great blot that Lincoln's second inaugural address so profoundly understood and grasped, the great blot, the great stain, the great besetting terminal uh, virus right at the beginning. How do you deal with it? How do you find a way forward for it uh, without... Uh, basically cutting off a limb because the patient will die if you cut off the limb unless it's very, very properly handled. And to say the least, um, it's the pound of flesh that it seems like it's just a pound, but you bleed to death. Well, look at yourself. Um, I was in New York City and we had a very troubled young man coming to the church, to the Bible studies. He's the kind of man who in another era, in the internet era, and if he had no church and no small group and no girlfriend and no male friends of any kind, who would become so alienated and so in himself that he might be capable of the mental illness that causes uh, a young man to take a gun and shoot people. This fellow had it within him to be very, very troubled. And there was a slightly satanic uh, kind of element in his thinking. And um, he came, and he was a terrific guy. I got to know him very well. And he decided finally that the answer to his besetting, um, dark, sinister urge to quote Ed Wood, a current hero, sort of, um, he would burn all his Led Zeppelin, um, and it was early heavy metal, he'd burn all his Led Zeppelin um, uh, vinyl records at the time because there were satanic messages hidden, especially if you played them backwards. At least he believed this whether it's true or not, I've never known. <laughs> but be that as it may, he decided to burn all his Led Zeppelin records and all his attendant kind of um, uh, paraphernalia to Led Zeppelin. And it was a mistake. I knew at the moment he did it. You can't burn it. He had to deal with it. He had. There was also a drug problem involved there as well, and you couldn't deal with it that way. You had to deal with it through some form of engagement with it, And because this was part of him. He was very young. He was not more than 19 when he first came to Grace Church, and he stuck it out, but this was the wrong idea because it, he needed to, to engage with that part of himself that was so profoundly drawn to that material, and by burning it, and he asked me to come, and I couldn't, I remember, but he did, he did so. He showed me the tokens of the burning. And uh, it was a mistake um, because it didn't deal with that which was in him, which you cannot burn. He did not deal with that part of himself that was very real endemic and needed to be assimilated and forgiven and mercifully embraced, what is today called a merciful embrace, which never happens. You know, let's offer radical hospitality where it really counts. Um, a radical hospitality is to that part of you that is most profoundly alienated and at odds with other aspects of yourself and causes such conflict that you end up and you wanted to scream and you commit suicide. Well, I had the same uh, idea once um, in therapy in the early days. <clears throat> I got this idea that I should burn my monster magazines. I've always loved monster magazines from the time I was nine and had a pretty good selection of famous monsters of filmland, plus some books and some old movie stills of Boris Karloff movies. I mean, you couldn't get more tame than this stuff, and it was sort of 10-year-old kid stuff, but I loved the material. And I came to the conclusion that this material was negative and was not serving my good or my ministry and was a kind of foothold of the of the bad in myself. So I took a kind of a grill outside into the back little sort of courtyard of Grace Church, which was private to the rectory one summer and simply burned all these things. Now, you know, there's two problems with that. One, it didn't get the problem removed. 
You, you can't remove it by, by destroying the external symptom of it. <clears throat> you have to go within yourself and find the deeper aspect of it that is causing this thing to surface and to be so attractive and appealing. And um, secondly, you regret it later. You inevitably regret it later because you don't have your Led Zeppelin records. Because when you're in your right mind, they're fine. Or when you, I, I burned the Vincent Price Pitt and the Pendulum issue. I mean, I can't believe in 1963, whenever it was, I burned the famous monsters of filmland, Vincent Price Pitt and the Pendulum issue. I mean, this is worth God knows how much now in my mind and not in my heart. And I burned it. And uh, then I look and there it's gone. And I said this to the psychologist I was seeing at the time. And he looked at me really quite unimpressed when I told him what I'd done. As if to say, oh, you silly boy. Why did you do that? Because, A, not only is it ineffectual, you have to deal with this as something within yourself that you have to come to terms and peace with. But secondly, it's... um holy, uh, you're going to miss those magazines. And so I have. Ever since then, I've rued the day. Have you ever done this? I mean, have you ever thought the answer to your problem was simply by cutting off your nose to spite your face? Or you had an interest, or you had... It's the equivalent of, uh, you know, browser history type of thing. You had an interest or a gravitation or something in your past or something you were ashamed of or some aspect of your life that you're not at all pleased about you wish could go away. And so you take dramatic action. You burn all these, this, that, or the other thing. And you think that's going to do it? Well, um... I, I really wish I could say it would work. Um, but you end up saying, oh, why did I do that? I, I miss those things. I wish I had that pit in the pendulum issue. God damn it. And uh, the same, I'm sure, was true of my Led Zeppelin friend. And you, you, you know, you, you have the same. If you're, um, the way that this works is that you forgive yourself for it. You believe that God, or if I may put it quite clearly, Christ himself has forgiven you for it because it's part of you. It's the as is, as Jim Monroe always talks about so profoundly. Get Jim Monroe, get his sermons. They're archived now at, uh, at, uh, in Springfield at the cathedral, uh, Christchurch Cathedral, but you'll be getting them in live soon enough at St. George's, Calvary St. George's uh, downtown New York soon enough, beginning in September. And, um, this is the whole question of the as-is. And when the as-is is accepted with love, compassion, because you didn't. I mean, you were just a kid, you know. You Don't blame me. I mean, you just were drawn to these things. There is something in you. But the moment you begin to assimilate, then it's power over you. And it's power to twist and to grab you by the throat and to really draw you further and further, sometimes into very negative territory. That power subsides, and there's much less for the devil to work with. Well, that's my um, point today. I don't believe it's going to be accepted that I have absolutely no confidence that the culture at large, which is very journalistic and uh, very superficial on this front, is going to believe anything else than but, or but than, you simply uh, destroy anything that is currently judged um, unseeable, unviewable, or undiscussable, and then you move on. And it's simply not the case, because when you do that, it burrows within you. Whatever it was that caused it, whatever the memory is, or whatever the group historical memory is, it was the case. It did exist, and it does exist. And you cannot um, fiat it out of existence. Well, that's my little uh, thought today, and I conclude with uh, another song from Shag, this time from the soundtrack um, by Louise Goffin, and uh, not the last name, G-O-F-F-I-N, important. Uh, and um, the song is Surrender, and it's really the nature of how you have to handle negativity as well as love. It's not about taking, it's not about wanting, and it's not about deserving. 
It's about surrendering in the very biggest way, especially in terms of what this song is talking about, which I judge to be uh, not only uh, highly uh, terrific and uh, magnetic, but also uh, deeply to be commended. Um, that's my song, and uh, I love you. Bye. 